0: My name is Marin Green. I walk the path of a sacred midwife, mother, and spiritual gangster. My role is a keeper of wisdom of the ancient ways of being. I trust Source as my ultimate guide. There is nothing more radical than feeling and listening to your own soul. On this podcast, you'll hear about my real life as a mother to 10, a sacred birth worker, a priestess and a creator of the new earth. I see my life purpose in my children, in leading the sovereign and radical birth community of indie birth and in embodied learning and living. Join me in the remembering of who you really are. You are powerful. Welcome to the podcast. It's another busy weekend here, so who knows what noises or voices you'll hear. I hear the kids outside, and because it's so beautiful, almost always, that's kind of where they live. So we shall always see how this goes. (sighs) I am going to talk about doulas today, which is kind of exciting because I don't think I've done a podcast on being a doula, maybe ever. I really don't know for sure, but that's my suspicion that maybe Margot and I have talked together about it, but I don't know that I have. So I want to talk today about that, about what being a doula might mean, and how we are always looking to upgrade the conversation. Update-wise, let's see. Um, I'm headed to Spain soonish, as many of you know, and I'm already starting to stress a little bit about the travel. Ordering neck pillows and thinking ahead about is it possible to be comfortable at all on an airplane for twenty-four hours? I guess I'll let you know. Um, not thinking it is really so I'll be grateful to get there and hopefully have a really fun week with some fun people I mean there's not too much to complain about other than the trip itself otherwise let's see Uh, we have Egan my son from Sedona visiting here which is really fun for a variety of reasons especially for the rest of the kids who really adore him And it's really nice for me as the mom, I won't lie, to have all 10 together at various points in the day or the week. Uh, It's really, really sweet. And I don't care how old they get, I think it will always feel good to have them all together. There's just something that feels so right about it. They've been doing fun stuff, of course, Uh, so much to do here and food to eat that Yeah, I think they're having a great time. I know that he loves coming to visit and we, of course, love having him. Uh, Dog wise, we always have some dog updates. I feel like I should get another podcast called Dog Mom or something like that. And if you're not a dog person, you can just roll right past this. But I have found the most amazing dog help person. What do I mean by that? Well, I had asked the universe when we got Ozzy, so that even hasn't been two months yet, really. I can't believe it. It feels like he's been here forever. If you missed it, we adopted another dog around Solstice, and he's a great dog. He really is. He's great with the kids. He's gentle. He's sweet, and he's really adapted to life in the house. However, he is not properly socialized, I've come to realize, with other dogs, Other than Henna, he does great in the house with Henna, who's kind of like his sister now. But long story short, I found this really awesome older man who is a dog whisperer. He's a self-professed dog whisperer. You know those people? I always want to be one. And I don't know if that's my destiny in this life, but I would love to be able to speak dog better than I do because I find it so fascinating Anyway, this lovely man is local to me. And I just ran into him at a dog park. And I don't go to that dog park anymore. So maybe that was the only reason I went there was to meet this guy. And he has been taking my dogs for some hike and training, which is really unique, right? Because if you're a dog person, maybe you've had dog trainers, we certainly have. And I'll tell you, they don't do a whole lot. Sorry, if you're a dog trainer, I don't think That usually works in the ways I want it to because teaching a dog commands is really not that hard. Um, I think I can mostly handle that. What's harder is the behavioral stuff that, you know, doesn't come in a compact box of a lesson. And as this dog guy has taught me already, it comes from them being in the pack and finding their place naturally In a pack of dogs and being able to run wild so not on leashes and you know for most of us even though my dogs get a ton of attention and exercise um i don't have the time this man has four to six hours a day to take them on hikes in the mountains so anyway henna and ozzy have been having a really great time in life they get to go out on trails with all of these dogs Uh, They're being trained, like I said, kind of without knowing it. It's really sneaky in the best way. And I think it will eventually translate to some easier behavior at home. Not that anything is terrible, but um, there is some misalignment sometimes between the two. Not in a fighting way, just um, they don't know what their place is. And it's been really fascinating. So if I somehow gain a lot of hours someday, (laughs) uh, I may go out on these hikes or, you know, go a couple of times and just observe and learn this language, learn the language of dogs even more clearly than I do, which would be so fun, such a fun education. So if you're a dog person, you probably liked that, right? What's better than speaking dog and understanding their Primal ways. I think it's um, really comforting, even as a human, right? To get back to our old, our old language, our old primal ways of being, and being able to witness and watch this in our domesticated animals, I think is really inspiring. So that's why I bring it up. Um, last but not least, for an update, I didn't know if I was going to go into this. Perhaps I will for a moment. But uh, living here in Hawaii. Is interesting on the midwifery front. Many of you know this, and many of you don't, I'm sure, because even living here, I have to say, I wasn't a hundred percent clear on the political midwifery stuff going on. In my case, I can't, I can't say that um, it was ignorance per se. It was sort of an avoidance, to be perfectly honest, on my part. So we're here, we're living the life, Uh, it's kind of like vacation life every day. I've not really been attending births, I've just attended one here. And so yeah, I've just been out of the loop on purpose. I love my midwife sisters, but I don't often feel the need to have a lot of them in my life, to be honest. Uh, I actually really love having, having other people in my life, right? Like the dog trainer, I really value that. So I've been kind of just staying in my bubble and not doing a whole lot of, you know, what would we call it, networking. I just don't feel into it. And so all to say that I've not really been paying attention to what's going on here. So I thought I'd share because I recently became more aware and I was horrified, as I'm sure many of you are that maybe already know. So um, licensing midwifery came to pass here I don't even want to say when um I don't know a year or two ago maybe something like that so what does that mean it means what it always means which is there's only one kind of midwife allowed oh Ozzy Ozzy is like rubbing his back on the floor like he's never been alive before today it's kind of cute but loud Yeah, midwifery regulation, as it happens in the US state by state over the last bunch of decades, always means the same thing. It means that only one midwife type will be allowed and everybody else will be sometimes criminalized or whatever the story is in that state. Sadly, this happened here. And it's always sad. It's always sad when this happens. And it's not because it sucks only for midwives to have to conform and pay the fees and all the things to be licensed. It obviously really sucks for women. It's a huge loss of human rights to be able to, you know, have a choice and to choose what's best for you and to invite who you would like into your home and all of these things So when this happened here, I obviously wasn't living here. It was a few years ago, and it was like, oh, damn, another one bites the dust. I believe that they kind of left it open for non-licensed midwives for a period of time to kind of like conform, is my understanding. And while this was sort of open, of course, um, people with valiant intentions tried and have been trying. To make it so that the law changes and licensed midwives aren't the only acceptable type. Because, of course, here we have the added layer of traditional, meaning traditional Hawaiian, traditional midwives. Hmm, so the plot thickens. It's a very interesting place to live because of that, because the culture is not American inherently, and I love that. I love that about here, personally. Um, I love that it doesn't feel like the U.S. in many ways, but of course, it unfortunately is, and it does feel like it in other ways. So this midwifery regulation coming in, which again, this is not new, um, really... Is kind of gross, you know? It's total um, colonialism and putting of, you know, this awful matrix, um, this Western white person matrix onto midwifery, which again doesn't need it no matter who the midwife is. You know, it, it's not even about race and culture. Ultimately, I think it's just about um, people having a choice. And of course, you know, protecting traditional practices, of which there are many of, in many cultures and in many places. So that on its own isn't a new thing. It's just that here it's held. It's held more preciously, of course, by the people, which it should be. But ironically, as preciously as it's held by some people, Um, the more ridiculous the politics have become. So as the law is written right now, there is no exemption of any kind for anybody that does not go through the hoops, the meek accreditation and all the bullshit and paying the fee and blah, 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 blah. There, there are no um, exemptions at all. And, and here's the real news, I guess, to me. um, And, Anybody that I think it's like written, like gives advice or instructs pregnant women or educates them um, is, is liable to be considered to be practicing midwifery without a license. So it's incredibly stupid. It's like embarrassing to even say because, you know, this is coming from other humans. It's just embarrassing that... Other humans have become so ignorant, and their ignorance is allowed. So that's kind of where I'm at. So, in other words, it doesn't matter if you're whatever—a birth attendant, a spiritual midwife. It doesn't matter if you're a doula. It doesn't matter if you're a lactation consultant. Um, by the letter of the law, which you know, of course, I don't care about really. Uh, by the letter of the law, the people that do care. I guess we'll stop doing all things birth-related, which is insane and isn't just reducing options of midwives. It's obviously censoring speech and education, which is where I really started to feel a little crazy about it. So potentially teaching a class about birth or, you know, anything related to pregnancy. Um, Even let's say somebody's auntie, which is a thing here that I really love. So, you know, that could mean their family or it could mean it's their neighbor. Auntie is any older woman, you know, older to you woman. Um, Any auntie that might, you know, have a traditional remedy or tea in her cabinet for her pregnant neighbor or niece or whoever um, and want to share that with them falls under, in theory, this ridiculous legislation. And of course, people are angry. I mean, I'm not the most angry. I don't even live here uh, for very long, right? I'm not born and raised here. There are people that are more invested and should be more invested. I'm, I'm sort of no one in the picture. But yet, I think that's important in a sense, right? To have this outside perspective come in which I definitely can offer. I I am an outsider, so to speak. For me to look in, you know, as someone that isn't used to all this bullshit of like, not being part of the US, but kind of, but not really, and nobody's listening to rules, but then all of a sudden they are. And there's a lot of weird stuff here, for sure, because of this conflicting energy here. Um, Yeah, but anyway, for me to come from the outside and and just be like, what? No, you're kidding, right? Like, that's even something you people are going to argue about? Like, if this were my planet, which it's not, but if this little island were my planet, everybody would just proceed. Proceed. Keep doing what you're doing. Do even better. Teach more classes. Take on more clients. You know, like, you don't ask for permission, in my opinion, at this point of complete idiocracy. It's complete idiocracy. You ask for permission if you're allowed to teach pregnant women now? I mean, come on. So I don't know what will happen. Like I said, it doesn't feel like my place However, I'm sure I will proceed with whatever I was going to do whenever I am going to do it, which I'm not quite sure for my own reasons when that will be. But I can assure you if I am here and I do decide to do any of it, I will do it. There won't be concern for all of this nonsense, which, like I said, goes way beyond reducing home births, goes way beyond um, being scared of midwives. It has now infringed upon just basic human rights and the ability to acquire information. So hopefully that made sense. I'm definitely on a bit of a ramble and that's funny because I wasn't even necessarily going to bring it up, but I did because it really is on my heart and I've just been like in this sort of confused mode. I mean, I'm not confused, but like, my heart's confused. Like, how do people stand for this? Right? Like, how? And over the last few years, as things have gotten worse, in a sense, all over the world, like, are we going to keep taking it is my question. Like, have we not learned? Have we not learned that if you give an inch, they'll take a mile? I mean, you've got to stand up for yourself, you've got to stand up for future generations. So I guess stay tuned. For what? I don't know. <laughs> um, you can pay attention, of course, to just the politics in Hawaii in general. Uh, I've, I learn most of what I learn on Instagram, actually. I'm not, like I said, I- involved intimately here with that scenario. And truly, um, although I support everyone to follow their own truth and path, I hope they sure do. I am not going to be investing any energy in that fight, so to speak, because to me, it's not a fight. You know, there's right and there's wrong. And we all must choose our morals based on our own internal compass. I don't really think that the law is what's best in this case and in many cases. So that's me being the anarchist. Uh, I'm sure many of you feel the same. Okay, well, almost 20 minutes in here. I was going to dive into doula hood today. Not sure what will come out of my mouth because there's so much to say. My own personal history with doulas goes back to my very first birth. I was reflecting on that today for some reason. Maybe it was this podcast. My doula, the first one I ever had, really did make a difference in my birth. But yet, it wasn't really for the reasons that I think a doula is traditionally hired, which I definitely want to talk about. I was so grateful for just having someone present that had some experience. And looking back, the doula I had chosen almost 22 years ago now, really wasn't very experienced. (laughs) I think I was maybe like in her first five births, which everyone has to start somewhere. So no judgment there. But I didn't hire her for her experience. I didn't hire her for her hip squeezing ability. Um, I really just hired her because I liked her well enough. She was actually our Bradley method instructor. And it was just nice to have another woman around. So that was my entry into doula hood, and I think I kind of fell into it in a sense. She was our, like I said, Bradley instructor, so it just happened naturally. We liked her, we We attended classes for, what is it, nine or ten weeks, and it was just the natural choice, just the way you would maybe invite a sister to your birth. It wasn't really because I was after a doula, like in that particular role. I didn't interview anyone else. It wasn't like that. So that's interesting because I think um, as I'll talk about, many women do hire a doula for a hospital birth with maybe more specific expectations. I don't know. That's my guess. Um, Based on that kind of doula training, which I feel is so different from what we offer, but the mainstream doula training, right? Like the Dona people, or I don't even know the other organizations nowadays that really just make a doula to kind of be a cog in the wheel, so to speak, Um, a cog in the system, like just another player in medicalized birth. That might sound harsh. I know there are probably doulas listening that are like, hey, you know, that's not my role. And I'm not saying it can't be different or that women don't choose. I think one of the most amazing parts of our indie IndieBirth uh, doula program is that we do teach something completely different. We do put on the table so many different ways that a doula can look. However, I'm speaking more to the mainstream view and role of most doulas. And most of them do attend hospital births. That's kind of their bread and butter. So where am I going with this? I think I'm just reviewing for myself what that looks like in the world. Uh, Sometimes I have to refresh myself living in my own little bubble um, I have to remind myself how it looks out there for most women and what they're choosing. So most doula training programs are really focused on this advocacy, perhaps, idea, right? Advocacy, like you are the one that helps get the decisions made in the woman's favor. You're her advocate. You might also be her intervention, fact checker. So, you know, is this safe? Should I do this now? Should I get the epidural? Should I let them do this? Right? Kind of your information source, perhaps. And helping with the intensity, the the pain, the sensations of labor. I feel like it's pretty solid to say that that also is a huge piece of of most doula trainings, right? I I said hip squeezes earlier and I'm I'm saying it half jokingly, but I think there is some reality there. Um, They have, you know, often a bag full of tricks and the peanut ball and the essential oils and the rice sock. And I'm not demeaning any of that. I mean, a lot of those things can be really useful in labor. The question is, is that the role of a doula and is that the only way that it can look? And of course, we would say here at Indie Birth that those are skills to have, having a bag, having tools, having equipment, having remedies. Although, um, side note, in some of those more mainstream doula programs, some of those remedies are off the table, right? If you know anything about some of those programs, my understanding is there's a very strong focus on Um, you know, what's allowed? Like, what are you allowed to offer? Is it in your scope of practice? And because it's not a real intense training, also because they don't really want their ass on the line, the training organization, I'm sure, um, many of them just keep it simple. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I can see keeping it simple in a way. But we, of course, feel like Women that want to serve other women in birth are an idiots and they can weigh their own intuition, their own desire to learn a certain skill set and have integrity and transparency in offering that to women so that the woman can choose rather than the training program saying, oh, you're not allowed to X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, right? Use essential oils, use herbals, um attend home births, like whatever nonsense they've put into their rules and regulation. Funny, right? Because we were already on that topic. So there are sort of rules everywhere around birth work, around what women can do. And I'm still waiting, maybe you are too, for the day when people just get more in an uproar about it and are less complacent. I don't live from a place of anger, but I was listening to, I don't know what it was, actually, a podcast, a YouTube, something like that, where um, this woman was talking about, you know, conscious anger and how we are too complacent in the world. And I totally agree. And I think birth work is one of those places. Uh, There's lots of places. There's environmental stuff, right? There's things with our children. There's all kinds of ways that we turn a blind eye and really you know it's because of overwhelm it's because of trauma Uh, we can't take it all on we can't so I'm definitely not offering that you should or I should and for so long doulas kind of fell to the wayside even in our own work through indie birth uh, because we just weren't ready we weren't ready to tackle another thing But the world of the doula has become so important to us, ironically, uh, this many years later, because like I'm saying, I think there is this conscious anger there, this righteous anger that women who are birthing, no matter where they birth, no matter what they're choosing, really deserve the attentive love of another woman that is skilled and trained and intuitive and aligned aligned with her. There are so many women practicing as doulas in the world. I mean, do a quick Google search just in your area and you'll probably find a lot of people hanging a shingle. Again, that's great, perhaps, right? Doulas have become more mainstream than they were 22 years ago when I had my daughter. I know that and I'm not going to get into insurance covering doulas and all these other weird ways that they've been infiltrated basically into the matrix, into this medicalized chaos uh, that we call the medical model. But I know it's true. And that's what happens uh, in some cases when things become more visible if they choose it, right? Like, so if women who are doulas choose it. And I think it has been chosen by some to go that route, again, to become just this cog in the wheel. I don't have another way of saying it, just to become like the middleman, just to become, um, you know, this is your business. So you're just literally taking on any client that is having a baby. You really don't have your own unique nature there. You're just X, Y, Z doula trained by X, Y, Z organization. And, you know, it's not mine to say those people aren't making a difference. It's just not very individualized. And again, this idea of anger, um, can we do better? Can't we do better? Like, can't we do better than we're doing in this country and in the world? Um, Women that are scared and don't have information or maybe don't have resources or any of the above, doulas are there, in my opinion, to shock people out of that, (laughs) right? Like to educate, to transform communities without this additional stress of being in the midwife role. So I have really changed my tune on doulas in the last bunch of years. Like I said, before we started offering a doula training, which was a long time coming, I have to say, I really wasn't so positive for the reasons I've described. I really felt like, you know, mainstream doula hood is just not my jam. Um, You know, they're just getting trained. They don't really know this or that. They're not really customizing their care and all of the things and like, let's just leave it alone. And even through my own experience as a midwife student, particularly, I saw lots of doulas that just seemed to have no presence. Like, I can think of one birth, actually, where there were two doulas, and it was like a comedy show. Um, These women couldn't stop doing, right? So that's a joke out there, I'm sure. Um, Doulas and doing. Like, Those two things don't need to go together. You do not need to do to earn your keep as a doula. Uh, But these doulas, if I'm remembering this birth from God, I mean, it was nearly 20 years ago now. But it was a comedy show. You know, they just couldn't stop touching this woman. They, They didn't even trade off. And it was just all the tricks and things. And it was like, just let her have her baby. I mean, nobody wants to be touched that much. Nobody needs... Well, I can't say what she needed, but it's like we can't have her baby for her. So that's kind of how I have felt about mainstream doulas for a long time is like stop the doing. Do something that is truly useful, like reflecting this woman's power back to her. And by the way, that probably is going to take a lot of your time in the prenatal period, which they don't really teach in mainstream doula training, to my understanding, right? It's like two to three prenatals, get to know her, show her what's in your bag, work work on a birth plan, done. But I'm talking about something entirely different, of course. So for so long, like I said, it was just, ugh, doulas. Yeah. Ugh, doulas. Let me take a pause. Obviously... I don't feel that way anymore. I don't. I really, truly don't. And I really enjoy the doulas that have come through our program. They are some of the most lovely and smart and dedicated women. And I love that I've seen the shift I wanted to see all of those years ago in these women. Um, Because, you know, they're right for our program, number one. Uh, They are on a soul path of service. You know, it's not just a way to make money. And they're taking our program, which we customized, we designed to really be so comforting. That's like the best word I can think of right now, especially as Rumi's screaming downstairs. <laughs> the best word I can think of is nourishing, nourishing and comforting. Um, that to me is is ideal for anyone that sits in this role of sisterhood service. That's what a doula is. It's being in service to the sisterhood in the way that is aligned and right for your own soul, which, getting back to our doula program, has always been about what does that look like for you? And I think because the doula program is so much shorter than the midwifery school, we get to see people kind of like transform quicker, Uh, We have women that come into the doula program regularly that have never been to a birth, have never done anything really doula related. They work hard for the four months. They attend the calls. They are on it. They do their projects. And literally a month to a couple of months after they finish, um, they're posting on our social that you know, they've attended four births and, you know, they, they went great and the clients feel so perfect for them and their soul is so fulfilled or maybe they're offering postpartum care and, and feeling like they're on the right track with that. And it is, it is so heartening it is so fulfilling, personally, really. I get a lot of personal fulfillment out of watching women um, follow their own souls through this path of sisterhood and service. There's not one way to do it. And I think that's the downfall, again, of most programs is teaching this cookie cutter way that doesn't take into account you as the woman, as the doula, you with your own experiences, your own fears, your own traumas, uh, your own relationships, all of those things, just like in the midwife role. I mean, it's not that different. Just like in the midwife role, those things are important. And it's funny that it took me so long to see the vast similarities, of course, between the doula and the midwife role. I just never saw it like that. I mean, that wasn't what I was visibly seeing with my eyes. Again, I can think of so many sort of funny doula stories from a long time ago um, where it was just like not the model that I would ever put out into the world myself. I think it's also worth mentioning, you know, um, that there is always this pendulum swing and it, it's happening I think in life, largely, but definitely midwifery, I've talked about it. And I do think it's happening in doula world as well. And by that, I mean, you know, we have kind of these like vanilla mainstream programs that are just cranking out women and certifying them, whatever that means, as doulas. And then we have this opposite end of the spectrum, opposite in some ways, still being called doulas. However, they're really being trained kind of as midwives, but not really, and not with any kind of hands-on skill or anything like that. Um, It's kind of like a doula that maybe knows a little bit more, or maybe is just more confident. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean you know anymore. But these are often the doulas that are putting themselves out there for things like free birth, and while that's a whole other podcast, I think it is in direct opposition, in a sense, to the first group that I was referring to. If for no other reason than often the first group is restricted or not allowed to attend a birth on their own. So, um, with this, you know, pendulum swing, you have a lot of women that. Maybe they are wanting to be midwives, and that's why they've chosen this other route. Or maybe they actually are midwives, but they're afraid to call themselves midwives because of politics or where they live. So those women also fall into this group. Um, and then of course, you know, just uh, as I always comment on, with the rise of free birth and people attending free births with little to no education. Um, it kind of just falls into that category of like, anyone can attend a birth. I mean, I had a baby and it just fell out. So I'm qualified to sit with women. And I wouldn't debate uh, the qualification of that necessarily. I mean, anybody can sit with a woman. But again, there's this set of doulas that pretend to maybe have more experience than they have. And if push came to shove at a free birth, um, I've heard so many stories. They do give medical care. They they maybe give more medicalized care than I would. Um, you know they're doing all kinds of crazy things because they think that that's in their scope, and you know that's maybe what they're being hired for, hired for, or it's just kind of a mess. And doula, for all the reasons nowadays, has come to mean kind of anything, anything you want it to mean. And actually, you know, in our um, doula program, I wouldn't debate that either. I think the whole point of our training is that doula can mean, in a sense, whatever you want it to mean. We have this expectation, I suppose, or hope that the students that are in our program aren't just blindly attending free births or putting themselves out there as like cheaper midwives, but are truly following their souls. So again, what does that mean? Uh, That means that a doula doesn't even have to attend a birth. She doesn't have to. There's no definition anywhere that says you must always attend a birth if you call yourself a doula. I think there are doulas who can do all kinds of creative, creative things and education and teaching in the community or um, maybe providing miscarriage support, right? There's all kinds of roles in birth work and really not enough words. So that is my blab for today. Um, I'm not entirely sure where this left anyone listening. I think for me, it's a great reminder to keep going on what Margot and I often consider the middle road uh, more than once a week. You know, we say something along these lines like we're not all the way over here and we're not all the way to the other side. We're not really extreme in our practices. I feel we are more grounded, perhaps, and really just in that middle space of trust for women, you know, trust for women who are in their integrity, right, and are and are taking their own steps in their own lives to figure out what's right for them and not looking for anyone to tell them what's so, right? Um, whether it's, again, just being a run-of-the-mill doula, so to speak, or whether it's being a doula kind of outside of the system in whatever way that looks, right? Not looking to anybody to define you. And that is really the crux of it all. Whether you're a midwife in our training or a doula or whatever word you would want to use, we're really, of course, always holding space for everyone to find, to locate, Um, to identify that feeling within themselves that is this call. We all have heard, if you're listening, I'm sure it's true for you. We have heard or maybe are in the middle of hearing this call to birth work. So uh, leaving you with sitting with that, sitting with what that call does in your body, where you feel it what it feels like, what it looks like, what it sounds like, and what it wants you to do. I think that is the best way I know how to teach and how to hold space because I truly don't have the answer. I am also following myself, but I'm me and you're you. So for each of us, uh, sitting with where we feel the call and following what the next steps are. I think where the sisterhood comes in is in the listening, there is a witness often, right? And this is true of birth as the birthing woman. I think this is true as someone on the birth path, doula, midwife. We are also looking to be seen. We are wanting validation. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It is a basic human... Um need in a sense to feel part of a community and to look to others, even other nervous systems to settle us. There is nothing wrong with that. We don't have to go at it all alone, whether it's birth or walking this path. We are in relationship. We are in hopefully a co-regulation with other women because that is what is truly part of our own physiology. On that note, check out our Sacred Sisterhood Doula Program. This is basically a renaming of our fabulous Indie Birth Doula Academy. Uh, We felt it needed a refresh and a more intentional and spiritual name, really, to reflect this work, again, of sisterhood, rather than uh, some of the other things I've talked about. It's not that those other things aren't important, But when we were really feeling into this, uh, the sisterhood and the coming together and kind of being in circle, right? Like imagining, I always say when I'm on Zoom, even with other women, right? Like, let's imagine holding hands, right? Like, let's picture that energy between us all and take a step forward from that beautiful circle. All right, everybody, have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Thank mm-hmm. you.